Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. How's everyone doing today? So excited to have you guys. Yeah, we're really excited about this episode. We're going into the world of Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus been releasing a lot of new stuff, and so we're going with one of the newer shows. Casey, what are we talking about today? So we're going to be talking about prop culture today, and I, and I just think this, <laughs> this is the documentary that we didn't know we wanted, but we absolutely needed. Okay, stand by. Here we go. In a movie, every detail, no matter how small, is designed to tell you something. And ever since I was a kid, I've been obsessed with finding out more. I want to see it first. Come on. I'm Dan Lanigan, and I spent my entire life collecting artifacts from my favorite films. Now, I'm setting out to learn more about the props from the Disney movies that I love. And, and it's perfect because of what's going on in the world today. I mean, again, Disney Plus, I just read an article uh, today, actually. Disney Plus has, has, has achieved over 55 million subscribers worldwide in just about six months' time. And it's for shows like this. I mean, this show is giving people a unique behind-the-scenes tour, if you will, of some of their absolute favorite franchises. And I will tell you, I love this show. I mean, what about you? Um, I, I liked it. I'm, I maybe am not as high on it as, as, um, as you are, but um, um, I definitely like enjoyed watching it. Um, so Whoa, for the listeners, that is a shocker. Really? Yeah. I'll, I'll get into a little bit more, but let's kind of set up, you know, what you're going to get out of prop culture and yeah. so it's eight episodes, and the films that they look at are Mary Poppins, Tron, Nightmare Before Christmas, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and The Muppet Movie. Yeah, I, and, and you know what I love about those movies is they're the heart of the millennials when you look at them right now, other than probably the Muppet movie, which I think is a little bit older. Uh, if you look at the rest of those movies, they're the heart of the millennial. I mean, probably Tron too. Tron's a little out there, but you look at Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Mary Poppins though is, is generate is not generational. That's cross generational. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's cross generational. And, and again, with the resurgence of Mary Poppins returns, uh, you got the millennial generation who's kind of really into that as well. No, but no, I mean, who framed Roger Abbott? That's my childhood. Uh, when you look at Pirates of the Caribbean, again, I'm not huge on it myself, although I gained a newfound appreciation for it watching this particular episode. I just, I think I'm shocked, shocked that you, this is not a movie you fell in love with. Like to me, this is probably the best TV show on Disney Plus, like other other than probably The Mandalorian, which again we'll talk about in a few weeks, I think this is probably one of the best shows on Disney Plus. Okay, so let me let me say the things that I had a problem problem with because I honestly I have a lot of good things to say, but this okay. is by no means that I hated this show. That no 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 no, I I just am not maybe as high on it as you are. So okay. the the narrative that they try to push through it is like. I'm I'm on the hunt for props and I'm going to wrap my my good thing in with this bad thing. The host is wonderful. 
Oh yeah, Dan uh, Lanigan, he's great. You know what he's yeah. in, right? You know what he? I had to look yeah. up where he's from. He's um from the reboot of uh, Mystery uh, Science Theater three thousand. Ah. Yeah, I didn't know who he was. I'm like, how? how do, apparently, everyone knows this guy, but I don't know how they know him. And I looked it up, and that's how they know him. <laughs> like he he has a clearly a genuine love of these props, and so when these props come out and he sees them for the first time, they're he's he there's a real excitement there it's not like this forced it, they very easily could have gotten some like big name actor or b-list actor who comes on and hey i'm this person you know me from all this other stuff i'm gonna go around and look at some props and then they give like these really fake wow he doesn't do that and i really did appreciate that part of it mm-hmm. so there's my good thing wrapped in a bad thing but it's this whole we're going on a quest to hunt down props and then he's like and we stopped by the walt disney archives and it's like well duh you're gonna find props there it's like saying i'm on the hunt for cereal my first stop walmart it's like (laughs) you know what though man i i'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one i mean we think of these archives as this massive place where they store all the stuff and all of walt disney history is there but that hasn't always been the case. I mean, even before this show came out, it was very well known in the Disney community that Disney had a problem hanging on to their film memorabilia. I mean, that the, the, a lot of this stuff belongs to private collectors, which I think the show does a really good job of highlighting the fact that it's not as easy as walking down the way to the, the archives and saying, oh, let me see this. Let me see this. I mean, they've got some stuff, which you see in the show, but just take the Mary Poppins episode as an example. A lot of that stuff is not in the archives. It was privately held even in the show. Yeah, but I, I think every episode has at least one stop to the Disney archives. Which and... is okay. I, mean, I agree. I mean, that's okay, but I don't think it's. I don't know. I just, I don't think it's as easy as, it, as, as, as saying, well, we're going to go down the street to the archives and suddenly the whole show's for them. I mean, every show, that was actually one of the comments I had that was kind of negative on my part, which was he does a lot of traveling. I wonder if he did it all at once and did multiple shows at once. Have you noticed how much he travels in that show? But yes and no. Like we're in California, New York, and we make one stop in Indiana. And so it's like, I, and, and a lot of the people that he's tracking down, it's like, I talked to the director of the film. It's like, yeah, I'm like, oh, real big hunt. There. Like I, what, I, what I thought this was going to be when this was first kind of in the first episode where it's like, I'm on the hunt for props, is he was going to be looking at these people's private collections and, you, and these people that aren't necessarily associated with the film that like, yeah, you know, my childhood was... I watched Mary Poppins as a child. And so when this came, I came upon this because of this reason. And so I got it. And this, this, you, you hear this personal connection. And, and so instead it was just like, I'm hunting down the people that worked on the movie. And even in some cases, they don't have the props. He's bringing the props from the Walt Disney archives to them. And that was another thing like, like he's talking to the archives. Hey, can I just take this? Oh yeah, no problem. It's like, really? <laughs> okay. So, I mean, it's no secret that he works for the Walt Disney company in this. I mean, clearly he's a Walt Disney, yeah, employee, of Walt Disney company employee in this, or he's contracted or whatever to do this show. Maybe it's just a fundamental misunderstanding of what you thought the show was going to be versus what I thought the show was going to be. You know, when I, my, my, my 
interpretation and my expectation when I sat down to watch the show was not so much that he was going to be going to random people who had a random one-off piece. It was going to be, we're going to showcase some of the most important props, the most important things that you remember from these movies and where they have landed throughout the years. I mean, take, for example, the, the Honey, I Shrunk the, the, the Kids episode, The Shrinking Machine. I had absolutely no idea, first of all, that the machine still existed. Although now that I think back to it, I remember seeing it at Hollywood Studios and the prop studio at one point. <laughs> but I had no idea that as they did the sequels, which let's be very honest with you, the sequels were subpar compared to the original. But as they did the sequels, that they went and completely destroyed the original basically and recovered it to make it look like these new ones and the one that existed was what it looked like at the end of honey we shrunk ourselves and so to watch them completely repurpose that and and and, and restore it back to its original glory that was my one of my favorite episodes i was just i, I was dumbfounded that they even allowed them to do that you think they would have just built a new machine well and you that's know? that's the kind of stuff that i liked about it when they got into the props that was the great part for me because, uh-huh. you know, one of the things that I did like about having the directors and the people who worked on the film is you learned a lot about, yeah, I, you know, this is how we did it. This is how we shot it. How, all this other stuff. That was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. The, I, I just, I guess part of it, I just didn't need the narrative wrapped up of like, we're on the hunt for it. I, I would have preferred just like a, Hey, we're going to, we're going to show you some props and we're going to go around to different people. It was, it was the idea of that. Like this was a hunt and I'm hunting around. The the fundamental rule of the Walt Disney company is what? To tell a good story. (laughs) And that's what they do. That's I mean, that they're telling a good story. I just think the story to me, the more interesting story was how the movie was made, not where I'm going to find these props. Of the eight episodes, which one was your favorite? Ooh, um, I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit was the most interesting. All right, why? I the mechanics that they had for doing these practical effects. So the one that they show is when it's the scene where Valiant is is holding Roger Rabbit under the sink, and he mm-hmm. pops out and spits water. What's well, this little mechanism that comes out and just spits the water, and then the animators drew over that? I thought that was that was fascinating. I think and it's amazing. They, first of all, that you have just seen this movie less than a month ago, and that was your favorite favorite show too. That 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 oh, makes my heart that makes my heart it, smile it so much. And, and then the 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 cartoon um, where Roger Rabbit goes out of the out of the office and leaves his his silhouette in the wall to hear the guy who built that how he did that and the fact that it was one take one take right (laughs) i agree i i was i was fascinated with that one and the fact that they still have that prop too the fact that it's still there i I mean it's fascinating fascinating i love it it gives you you a newfound appreciation for the movie though doesn't it Oh, it, it, I mean, all of these movies, there's a newfound appreciation. Like, I'm not a huge Nightmare Before Christmas fan, but I really liked that episode because I watched, you, that was you, the one I watched. I had not watched all of them until about literally two hours ago. And I one of the ones I watched today was Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, like the fact that there's 400 jackheads that every time he sings and to hear like Danny Elfman is one of the 
people that he goes to and to hear, hear him like do the Jack singing voice is, is, is really cool. So for me, my, one of my personal favorite episodes was the Tron episode. Um, I found the Tron episode to be the most fascinating about, and, and especially when he got to the director who largely has gotten out of films at this point and to see his massive collection of, of stuff from the movie. And, and I, I, I've always liked the behind the scene documentaries that came on Blu-rays and DVDs, or sometimes you'd seen them on network TV before, before streaming was really popular. You know, the, the making of this, the make, I've always found those fascinating. And I felt the Tron episode kind of felt like that to me it was almost like here's why tron is relevant even though it's been one of those franchises that even with tron legacy hasn't really gone mainstream it's got a following i mean walt disney world is making a friggin ride out of it right so so well one of the things that i found absolutely fascinating about this episode which ties directly into that ride is the fact that one of the most memorable parts of tron the, the light cycle race where they do the immediate 90 degree turn, which is what a computer would do was born out of the fact that they did not have the animation uh, ability to do a kind of a, 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 a very soft curve. curve, a banked curve. They didn't have the ability to do that. And so that move, that point, which is a huge plot point of the movie and legacy. And of course, now they've got the ride. All of that was based out of the fact that they didn't have the technology to make it work. Like, yeah, it blows my mind. <laughs> blows I, my I, mind. I know we're like, rapid firing moments, but also in the first episode where they go to Walt's office, this is the Mary Poppins episode, and he goes to Walt's office, and Sherman plays like the guy oh, who yes. song, plays oh. the gosh dang piano. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I was crying during that because that's, you know, anybody who knows Walt, anybody who knows the history of Walt Disney knows that that was his song. And if you've seen Saving Mr. Banks, the way he he goes to them in, in that movie is exactly what he used to do. He would walk up to him and he would go, play it for me. Not play feed the birds for me play it for me and he knew exactly what he would he was playing i i found myself crying at emotional moments at every single one of the episodes there was there was at least one there was there was one moment in every episode where i either teared up got chills and 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 it was sometimes it was a memory of mine Sometimes it was a memory uh, or uh, watching somebody else remember something. Again, the, the Richard Sherman moment, you, you know, just just small. I mean, Roger Rabbit, I was I was a wreck the entire episode because that, again, we know how important that episode is to my childhood. And, and mm-hmm. watching him bring that life size Roger over to to the, the actor who voiced him. And then they're talking about it and watching him get into character and and, and just talk about all that stuff. I, I mean, I cried multiple times through multiple episodes yeah see that that was another part that didn't maybe i'm a heartless person but that didn't quite emotionally connect with me as much 
the like reuniting people with their props was good. And I enjoyed seeing people's reactions, but I, I don't think I emotionally connected to it as much as you did. Not even, not even when the actress who played Jane Banks, she's got the hat, he's got the the outfit and they bring them together for the first time in 60 years or 70 years. Again, maybe, maybe I'm, oh I'm like, goodness. Again, oh. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I just sat there like with a stone cold face, like, well, this is dumb. It was really, really cool. <laughs> And, and, but it, I, I liken it to like, it, if we were to have a party with all my family and, um, someone came who wasn't from my childhood and they brought out this like huge childhood thing and reunited me with it. While you can see the emotional response that I have to it, I'm I'm not convinced that that person would be as emotional about it as the rest of us are being because that person wouldn't know any of the context or any of the memories that go along with it. But in this case, they do though. That, that That's what I think makes this, this idea, this premise so, so compelling is that this isn't just some random actor. Like, again, this goes back to your point at the beginning. If this was some random actor they hired, who had no connection to the material, who didn't care about the history of it. But again, knowing, and again, he sets himself up. He's been collecting movie artifacts forever. He understands the history. So not only is he someone who's collected the artifacts, has collected the, you know, who has an understanding for the importance of these things, but he also is a fan. I mean, he, he, he grew up with these movies and he has the same appreciation. I will grant you this. It's not, you can definitely see in some of the interactions, I think they were trying to go for a bigger response and they didn't necessarily get the response that I think they were maybe trying to shoot for. But I think in, in most cases, you know, with the music, I mean, it's a production and it's a production. I mean, we all know reality TV is not real. You know, you, you had mentioned the Walt Disney archives, the Walt Disney company. I mean, clearly he's got the power, the money, the authority of the Walt Disney company to get these things out of the archives, to set these scenarios up. But to me, this is feel good TV one one I mean, that's exactly what this is from start to finish. I think it, and that that's kind of the place that it hits for us is nostalgia. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our partners. Hey, Beers and Airs listeners, Casey and Matt here. You've heard us talk about our partner, Riss and Cal. You know, we've touched on their wireless earbuds, which connect right to your smartphone. But they've also got a lot of other great stuff as well. I use their 4-in-1 charging station every day. It can charge my phone, a smartwatch that charges with a magnet, and even my earbuds. You can also check out their Bluetooth selfie stick, a 3-in-1 charger, and even a silicone accessory kit that comes in either black or white. Yeah, you know, this company checks the two boxes that I love in a product, which is great quality product without having to pay an arm and a leg. I've been playing around with the accessory kit. So this comes with uh, rubber things for the earbuds so they don't fall out of my ears and things to hold the earbuds so they stay in. I always have a terrible time with that and these uh, work like a charm. So go to fourfrills.com shop and use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S. You'll get 15% off your order, plus a free $10 gift of your choice when you spend $50 or more. And if you have trouble picking just one thing, they've even got a 31-piece bundle that includes everything. 
don't forget that a portion of their profits will go to help local charities in need. All right, back to the show. Please let me say this on the record. Go watch this show. <laughs> like, like do, do not take my negatives for, oh, he doesn't like it or maybe I should skip it. No, absolutely. I'm just saying for me, that part of it, for whatever reason, just didn't. It, it just didn't land quite. And and part of it too was there were a couple episodes, or I guess really one. The Muppets episode just didn't do it for me. It, it, it didn't do it as much for me as well, but neither you or I was born during that movie. <laughs> I mean, it was made in 79. Yeah, I love the Muppets. I am a Muppet super fan. I have that movie on Blu-ray. Sam the Eagle is the background on my phone. The thing that I am most excited about getting back to Disney World is to eat at the Sam the Eagle barbecue restaurant that is now in the World Showcase. Um, Muppet 3D Vision is a masterpiece. Like I, I love the Muppets and was really looking forward to that episode. And it's like five minutes of it is an interview with Brian Henson about like the host, you know, Dan, the host is asking about, you know, what props here? Do you have this property, this prop? And it's like, no, no, we don't. No. And it's like, what was the point of this interview? The the only shining line in that episode is is you go to the guy who does Gonzo's house and Gonzo does a couple of um, does a bit with the the host. And and it, it, I, it, it there's some nice Muppet stuff in there. But I, I don't yeah, know. I think, that, you and, I think you and I have a different appreciation. I did not like that part of that show. I that was the part of the show that I was like, eh. I'd get past this. I was bored with that part. Like I see Gonzo all the time. I don't need to see him in an interview that's in the real world. I will say I found the interview with his puppet master interesting in that, that they, that they don't ever treat that, that whenever they're in character, the the Muppets don't know that the puppeteers are there. Like I found yes. that part really interesting, except for the time when Jim Henson passed away, which I thought was really interesting. I actually have, I have a confession to make and you're going to, be mad at me i've never seen the original muppet movie oh we are gonna have to watch this movie (laughs) i have never seen the original muppets i have seen the muppet christmas carol i have seen the muppets i think they go to new york right or hollywood uh i've i've seen that one i've seen the new muppets the the new muppet movie with with uh, jason siegel and and i, I love that movie i've seen the sequel to that which was the, the sequel to that which was horrible muppets most wanted but i've never seen the original muppets yet this is the funny thing that was interesting to me as <laughs> as as i was watching the muppet the muppet uh episode it, it occurred, you know, it occurred to me that 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 movie is 40 or 40, 41 years old. Yeah. The Muppets themselves yeah. are 40, 45, 46 years old, whatever. They don't seem to me to be 40 years old. To me, they are still relevant characters living in today's world. I know that sounds crazy. There are some characters that are 50 plus years old or 40 plus years old that you just know they are that way but not the Muppets. They are just as timely, just as modern, just as in the moment as they were 40 years ago. Absolutely. It was just, it was that, that one episode didn't give me the nostalgia that the other ones did, but it was a fascinating look into the movie, you know, into the world. 
Absolutely. It, it, it again, still still a fine episode. Just it it just it fell kind of flat. And and maybe it's because my expectation with anything Muppets is is really really high, and that just it didn't just didn't quite do it. But um, but otherwise. I mean, every episode, I, I have to call this out from the Chronicles of Narnia episode. And, uh, and I, I grew up reading. That. I did not watch that one because I never liked that series. So I, I just, I, that was going to be one of my questions to you before you get into your assessment of that episode. Did you watch them in chronological order or did you bounce around to your favorites? I, I'd watch them one, one through eight. So I, See, I, 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 watched, them, I watched them. I watched them according to my favorites. The first one I first, first one I tackled was who framed Roger rabbit. Cause it was, you know, my favorite movie. So I didn't watch them in the order of one through eight. I watched them and bounced around. That's why today I, I, I got to, um, I got to pirates of the Caribbean and the Muppets and um, nightmare before Christmas, but I did not watch Chronicles of Narnia. I don't mind Chronicles of Narnia, but I never read the books. So to me, it's, I, I think I watched the movies all one time seven years ago. Yeah, this this had a really fascinating look from the kid actors um, okay. uh, position. So it, like he reunites the three out of the four kids with their stuff. Mm, and while I just, you know, spent the whole time bashing this whole emotional connection, that was the one time where I felt like, wow, no, th- this 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 little girl who was seven and is now not seven is like, oh, my gosh, I remember this. And the other fun fact from that movie that they just that you discover they're talking to the director and the first time that the youngest kid lucy is um uh finds narnia through the wardrobe Mm -hmm. you know the the scene is she's full of wonder and all this other stuff well i learned that they blindfolded her for before dropping her in there so the Mm -hmm. shot that you see in the movie is literally the first time she has seen that set wow that's crazy um, so it, it's, that one's definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll um, definitely watch it. I, I just, I knew that I didn't have as motion as, as big of an emotional connection to that series as I did the other ones. See that what you just described to me is kind of how I felt with the honey. I shrunk the kids episode where they reunited the, you know, three of the four kids. I mean, yeah. other than, other than Nikki, the, the actor who played Nikki, you had, you had, uh, Russ jr. You had, um, uh, Amy, you had, uh, the other gentleman whose name I'm forgetting, but you got to see them. And then my favorite part, which I think is totally worth mentioning is they got an interview with Rick Moranis for crying out loud. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't ever get an interview with Rick Moranis. He's been out of acting for 25 years. Like that's insane. Like, and I don't know if you've heard, I mean, that the other thing about this is this came out, this, this series came out right around the same time that they announced that they are doing a reboot or a sequel or something along the lines of honey. I shrunk the kids and Rick Moranis is going to be in it again. Yeah, that's it's it was really cool to see him. And I think those are the interviews that I really liked were the interviews with some of the actors. And yeah, um, yeah, I mean, overall, really great show. Honestly, the stuff that I don't like about it is really trivial. It's if they were to do a season two, if they were to do a season two, two questions for you. Number one, what would you like to see them do different? And then number two, are there any movies that you absolutely would love to see them do in season two. Oh goodness. Um, I mean, different, I would just take out, take out some of the, make it less reality TV. And maybe that's, that's as I'm talking through this now with you, maybe that's my issue. I hate reality TV. I just, I, 
Okay. And so a lot of, and so a lot of that like reality TV elements just don't do it for me. And so again, this is just me personally, just take out some of the reality TV and just, yeah, the interviews with the people reuniting people with the, these props that they haven't seen in 50 years, all that stuff. That's gold. We love it. Just take out the 5% that's not that and put more of the other 95% in. Um, What, like what one or two uh, movies would you like to see them do? One of the challenges with this, and one of the things that I actually did like about this series as well, is this is a time where props are still a thing. You know, how many movies now are just CGI? Mm -hmm. And all these props, there's not as many props because they just, I will just CGI it in. Yeah, but I still still think that there's still a whole host of movie. I mean, the one that comes to mind for me, I mean, again, this is a hard question, but the one that comes to mind for me that I would absolutely love to see them do a show like this on would be Hocus Pocus. I think ah. Hocus Pocus would be just fertile territory. They could do an hour long special of that. Get Bette Midler and Kathy Jimmy and Sarah Jessica Parker back in there. The kid who played Matt. I mean, I don't know who, who you know, who they could get, but I, I know that those actresses and actors are, are willing to talk. I mean, they've been even talking about a reboot at one point or a, re, a redo or a sequel. I, again, massive props, the cauldron, the black candle, the book, you know, where did all that stuff wind up? That would be a fascinating episode for me. Yeah, I think um, I would like to see him venture into some Marvel and Star Wars as well. I, you, th- you know, it's funny. I thought about Star Wars. Do you really think Star Wars? Because to me, Star Wars has been done over and over and over. That's and true. I just, I, they, I just got done watching the one, um, the one docu series on Disney Plus that was done, what, fifteen years ago or whatever it was. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but. It was three hours long and it was a great, it was great. But I just, Star Wars is one of those ones. I don't necessarily know if you could do it, give it, I don't think there's any more value you could add, but Marvel, a hundred percent. Another mine you could tap into would be some of these live action Disney sequels. And Maybe. I realize that less, that's less like nostalgic, but it would be really interesting to see more of the behind the scenes and hear people talk about, playing these iconic characters that I, I, I would be interested in that. Mm, interesting. I think they could also do a whole like secondary series on prop culture of TV shows too. I think that there's some, there's some, uh, some fertile ground there as well. TV shows of the eighties and nineties of the different props of the different set pieces, the different set decorations that were used on TV shows as well. Cause they're, you know, think about all the Disney channel TV shows that could have been done. Right. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. So my, la- my last thing I want to add to this real quick is this. I think when I think about this show, in a lot of ways, I honestly feel that Walt himself would be proud of this show. It's an emotional show, which we've covered. It's an educational show, which Walt was famous for. And it's entertaining. He would be proud. It teaches us the science behind what he loved doing and really allows us to relive those moments in childhood, but it also teaches us a little bit 
about how it was done. I mean, just like you described the, the, the sequence in Roger Rabbit and how you were just like completely, you know, blown over by that. Right. I think if Walt were alive today, this would be one of those shows that he would be giving it. He, he'd be the one doing it. If he was alive today, I think, I think he'd be the one going around showing people how these movies were made. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I just, you know, again, I, I, I really was shocked that you weren't as into it as I, and again, I know you didn't hate it, but I, again, this is one of those shows that, and again, maybe it's the reality TV person in me. I've always enjoyed reality TV. I mean, I was a survivor fan for years. Uh, and maybe it's, and I've always been a documentary guy. I love documentaries. So maybe it's just that. Um, but as Matt said, if you have not seen this series, you need to go check it out. It, and Absolutely. The, other thing, the other thing I want to add to Matt, they're only 30 minute episodes, which I think is really cool too. Like, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're really they're not quick. an hour long investment, you know? <laughs> well, and it's, it's, it's quick and it's, it's not a uh, 50 episode season. It's, it's oh. really nice to digest it. And um, yeah, I, I really, if, if you are a Disney fan, you need to go watch the series. Really the only caveat that I have is if you're not a behind the scenes person, like if you hate that kind of stuff, you're not going to like this series, no. which I hope you have gotten from the 30 minutes that we've been talking about this. <laughs> but, um, but if you are a person that like, screw this, uh, you know, behind the scenes, I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to listen to that. You're, you're not going to enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, and here's, and here's something I'm going to tell you. The Pirates of the Caribbean episode has got me interested in going back and actually watching those movies again. Yes. So, so again, so you remember, you know, if you guys, if you guys listened to our Diz Games challenge a, a, a few, about a few weeks back, you know, I had, I had mentioned that I wasn't the biggest Pirates of the Caribbean fan. Well, you know, rewatching, watching that show, watching the mast and that one bar and, and just the, the, the different, um, where the different stuff wound up and the amount of detail they put into it. I I'm tempted. <laughs> we'll see. I'm tempted to, uh, to go back and, 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 and watch, watch these again. I've got five of them to do. So I think I'm going to probably have to do that, but not the so, biggest pirates fan can name four out of the five subtitles <laughs> of the movie. Yes. So, all right. Well, Matt, I'm looking, it is closing time. My friend, we really appreciate uh, you guys listening and uh, Matt, why don't you tell them how they can get a hold of us? Our email, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. Send us an email. What did you think of the show? Um, if you have ideas for episodes that you'd like to see, please send those to us. We're, we're um, open to hear with what you would like to hear us talk about. On social media, Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast. Join up on the group. We have a lot of fun there. And uh, Twitter and Instagram, beersears1928. Uh, we got some fun content that we're putting that out. And um, as always, rate and review us. Uh, five stars, five stars. We really appreciate it. New episodes come out every Tuesday and Friday. And Casey, I believe we've got some shout outs today. We do. We do. So one of the things we put out as a challenge uh, to our listeners um, a few weeks back on our Facebook group was for you to rate and review us and let us know what you think of the show. And we were going to shout out those who have been leaving us reviews and leaving us um, leaving us five stars. So I want to first shout out to Meg's East. I actually know Megan. Megan uh, went to college with me. Uh, she says, love the format and easy to listen to. Thank you, Megan, for the five stars. Willie555, 
don't know who you are, but we appreciate the review. Uh, we'll listen every time. So thank you for that that review, five stars. Um, and then Ak Akamaru66, uh, five stars. This is what he says. You're doing yourself a disservice if you're not listening to this and you're even a little bit of a Disney fan. Also, The Incredibles is the number two Pixar movie of all time. So, thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. It is the greatest review I've ever received. <laughs> Nothing can live up to that. Yes. So, uh, so again, if you are listening, please rate and review us. Um, and we will shout your name out on the podcast. We've also got some new initiatives coming down the pipeline where we might even have some, um, merch some some extra bling to throw around at some point so that is coming up so matt let's raise our glass uh to another episode of the beers and ears podcast folks this one's on us and we thank you for listening today guys have a good day everybody Bye -bye.